This is Transcend with Nat, where we're discovering our higher purpose and sharing stories and awarenesses along the path of transcendence. Hi, this is Transcend with Nat. Today, uh, I actually happen to be camping. I'm sitting by a campfire with my dog Trigger, and so you might hear the sounds of the campgrounds in the background as I talk to you, and maybe this will give a little different feel to the show today. So to start out, I always talk about what's on my mind, and something uh, that's on my mind, and actually I've played around with this subject for years and years and years, and that is heat and cold and in relating to health, uh, immune system, inflammation, so many different aspects, um, weight loss, all of that. And what caught my attention this week um, was a story I saw written in the Harvard Business Review um, that talks about a study where people that they had in the Netherlands, they had people finish their morning showers with uh, 30, 60, or 90 seconds of a cold blast of water. There wasn't much difference between the 60 seconds versus 30 seconds versus 90 seconds. Um, but what they did find is that people who did that, who because they had two groups, one that did this and one that did not. The people who did use the cold water shower after the, they showered as they regularly did uh, were absent 29% fewer days than the people in the control group. And that is pretty amazing if you think about it. Um, it's not, they haven't gone into depth of whether it's because they, it's better for their immune system or something. Um, but they did find that even when people did get sick, somehow it didn't affect them quite as much, and so they still went to work. So I thought that was an interesting study um, because I've used different types of hot and cold therapy. I remember when I used to travel a lot with JR, different parts of the world have old traditions of uh, heat, you know, steam baths, saunas, cold plunges, all sorts of different types of hot and cold uh, things that people do all over the world for their health. And another thing that I, um, I did at one point was I used to drink this a lot of ice cold water when I first woke up and I did that in order to um, lose weight because I was working on losing weight at that time. And the reason I did, I got that, I got a couple of these different techniques from uh, a couple of Tim Ferriss's books. The I think it was The 4-Hour Body or something like that was where I got the ice one where this uh, NASA scientist, you he drank 500 milliliters of ice water on an empty stomach immediately upon waking. And in at least a couple of the studies, um, they found that the that doing this increased his resting uh, metabolic rate by 24 to 30 percent. So that that was pretty impressive. And if you think about it, really, uh, your body has to heat up the 
the water. And that same scientist was trying to figure out because he heard how much Phelps, um, the swimmer Phelps would consume in a day. And he did the math and the math just didn't work out. Even if he was in the pool all day long, he still couldn't burn the calories that he was putting into his body. But then what he realized is that that calories, energy doesn't get destroyed, doesn't go away. Energy just transfers and water is extremely conductive to energy. And so it just, you can burn so many more calories if you're working out in the water and doing a lot of surfing. Uh, I definitely notice a difference when I'm in the water and especially in the cold water and how, how much it seems to uh, how much more work it is for my body to really m stay warm, number one, even with a wetsuit. And then the exercise I do in, in the water just has a different quality. Um, the other thing I've done before, and this was for injuries that I was dealing with, some chronic injury that I had, I went to the cryo chamber. So you get into, God, I forget how cold it was. It was absolutely freezing cold and you can only stay in it for I believe three minutes this is a, a couple of years ago that I was doing this every day and it was amazing how how much that brought down the inflammation in my body and especially of that injury um, and helped me to heal that a lot more also the other effect that it had was when you get into uh, when you're immersed or in a chamber that's like super freezing it makes all your blood rush to all the vital organs. And then when you get out, it goes back out and your blood becomes a lot more, um, has a lot more nutrient rich, becomes a lot more nutrient rich when it does goes through that process of rushing into all the major organs and then going back out. So what I've been doing lately, um, because in another thing I, I got out of, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody in um, somebody who Tim Ferriss interviewed in in that book um, talked about heat and how it has when you do a sauna a certain amount of time and then you take a break and you do another. They did these studies and they found that it increased uh, delay onset muscle soreness. So any of you who actually work out, which I've been doing lately, and it, if you don't want to feel quite as sore the next day. If you do a sauna right after you work out, it's pretty great. And so that's what I've been doing. And then I go right from the sauna. And, I, and right now it's cold and the pool is cold because our pool isn't heated. And so I jump into the pool and then uh, and that's absolutely freezing. And my blood definitely rushed. The first time I did it, I really had to focus on my breathing because I was it, there's this feeling when you get hit by this mass of cold water that it becomes really hard to breathe. So now I'm a lot more used to it. Another thing I do, which anyone can do, um, especially based on that study in, in the Harvard Business Review that I just read is I've been adding a 30 second cold shower after my regular warm shower. Uh, so that's something that, you know, it does something else too, is that you have different voices in your head and you can notice this a lot when you're running or exercising or things like that, where there's that voice. It's like, uh, not today. Nah, I don't want to do that. Well, I have that voice every time I go to 
turn on the cold water or jump in the cold pool after I sauna. I have to like overcome that voice that's telling me that I don't need to do it. So that's another benefit um, to doing this process. So I found it extremely great because you're bringing down all your inflammation with the cold and also there's you know constant research being done that it's looking like uh, I don't know if it's actually going to be that your immune system is um, directly affected in a positive way but at least you end up not missing work uh, due to illness missing work due to other things like camping like I am today <laughs> that's what you want to miss work for not because you're sick <laughs> so anyway that's what's been uh, on my mind something I've actually been uh, working on quite a bit so today I'm going to in the now that we're done with the hot cold stuff I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about uh, God and what I want to do is I want to redefine God for a lot of people out there. And this may be somewhat of a mental exercise. And I just want to say that it's critical that the experience trumps any words, any thinking about this. Um, but as I've been actually talking a lot more about uh, about spiritual things rather than just experiencing them for myself I've really been looking at how can I communicate this and I just find that the vocabulary is so lacking um, and so Thomas Aquinas said every name imposed by us onto God falls short of God and to me that really is very true once you start having the experiences of the higher levels, you basically end up kind of stuck with words that people have definitions of already based on whatever religion or upbringing they, they were raised, especially words like God. Um, people have all these mental conceptions about what God is and what that means. And I've been talking to a number of people these days and hearing a lot of people, um, many of whom are atheists or who don't believe in God. And then there's others I talk to and they definitely believe in God. Um, but most of the conversation that I find about God is really about believing in God or not believing in God. Um, but if you ask people to actually define God, you're going to get a different answer from every single person. And so, because if you're not believing in something, you have to have some sort of concept of what you're saying you're not believing in. Well, I don't really relate to God so much in a belief. Uh, that's not how I want to relate to God, at least. I'm sure on different levels I still do. Um, because, you know, for me, it's I really want the experience and relate to that and then when I try to describe it I end up using the word God and it, it just always falls short to me it, it, talking about this falls short so I guess you could look at this conversation today as more of um, hopefully you can catch the energy behind the words you can catch 
you can catch the spirit that is not that we're not able to communicate because there just is no vocabulary and it's beyond the mind so the mind can't even understand what this is um, one thing the way I define God often when I'm talking about it is that which is and to me that just takes care of everything because then you don't have to really defend anything there's no it's just what is it's that which is and then you can kind of let go of the beliefs and to me the most and by the way I didn't come up with that um, that and I don't know if my teacher JR came up with it I mean people have probably had so many ways of saying this Kabir said um, uh, Kabir says let's see I, I wrote this down because to me it it's another way to look at this. Kabir says, uh, student, tell me, what is God? He is the breath inside the breath. So, and then there's another Rumi quote I wrote down. Actually, I'm going to do the uh, Seneca quote. God is the universal substance in existing things. And then Rumi said, lo, I am with you always means... When you look from God, God is in the look of your eyes, in the thought of looking, nearer to you than yourself, or things that have happened to you. There's no need to go outside. Anyway, J.R., um, my teacher, John Roger, he said, he, called, he defined God as that which is at different times. And I definitely am going to steal that, and I do steal that, because to me, that it's, it's the best way I know how to define it. Um, it is so much better to let go of your beliefs of what it is. And in letting go of your beliefs and letting go of your illusions, then you can actually awaken more to the experience of it. Um, so I'm going to actually play a excerpt and it's, it's really funny because I knew, you know, that J.R. had said, um, that God is that which is, but I searched and searched for some seminar that talked about it and I could not find it. And then eventually I was just, uh, listening on a, a playlist that was just a random playlist of his seminars and, it just came on the seminar, you know, of the thousands or, yeah, definitely thousands or more of the seminars that, that JR has put out. That one came on where he actually talked about it. And so I'm going to play that excerpt for you. I think it really captures what I'm trying to talk about here, um, which is to redefine God and to let go of our belief systems and our illusions. So you can listen to that now. Someone wrote me a letter a few months ago, and they said, I'm, I'm disillusioned with you and your work. And I wrote back on it, finally. <laughs> and do three or four marks underneath it and put love, JR. And had it mailed back. In fact, I mailed it back. I wanted to make sure that it didn't get lost someplace. I got a phone call 
few weeks later, days later, a person called up and said, I got your letter back. What does that mean, finally? <laughs> I said, if you came in to work with me for me to keep you in illusions, you came in under an illusion. That's not my job. My job is to disillusion you from all the illusions that have stopped you from finding the trueness of who you are and to undermine your search so that you stop searching and you immediately come present to your own reality. And of course, the person said, well, who gave you the right to do that? I said, you did by coming and asking me to work for you. I said, I never called you up. I never knocked on your door. I never wrote you anything. I never contacted you. I didn't go seeking you. You came to me. And you asked me. That's who gave me the right. Now, if you want to take the right back, that's fine with me. I have other things to do now. Goodbye. And they said, wait a minute. I said, if I wait a minute, you'll give me more permission to tell you where things are. They said, but I don't have to believe it. And I said, no, there's no, we don't do belief systems. The world's already got establishments set up that do belief systems. You believe me, you have to believe this, you have to believe that. Here's our beliefs. We want to do reality systems. What's real? And how does that work? You don't ask why is that real because it becomes obvious if you can find reality, you know why it is. It is because it is. And double talk time. Someone asked me, who is God? And I said, that which is. And they said, what do you mean that which is? I said, that which is is that which is. That's God. That's what it is. And they said, boy, you just double talk. So I just dropped it. My TV show is called That Which Is. person wrote to me, said, it's marvelous to name your show after God. <laughs> Basically, you know, the idea is if, if we can just stop believing in God and stop disbelieving in God and stop making these definitions, even as I define it or am attempting to define it mentally here, you know, really it's about defining in a way where the mind can let go and where we can move beyond the mind. Um, because in my definition of God, it's everywhere. It's, it, it is what it is. It is every, and that is everything everywhere. And we, it's that essence, um, it's the essence that's underneath all things like Kabir said, the breath within the breath or, or Seneca, you know, it's the universal substance and existing things. It's, it's that energy. And my experience is that each of each person, each of us is an extension of that. And the word we use for that is soul. Now everyone has some different definitions of it, but for me, um, it is that individualized aspect of God that's within us, that's breathing us, that's existing us, that is, um, that is perfect. That it, and it's not, it's as it's part of that, which is, as it's part of God, it's, it's not going to be lost. It's, it's going to eventually, uh, reunite in, in its fullness. Not that it really ever left. It's just individualized now and it will go into back into God. Um, but if you can, until you really get into those experiences and get beyond the mind and let the mind go, you know, it's really, 
um, important to just stop trying to define it and to work on letting go of your definitions, even that which is, even playing with that idea. Like, if you can just let go of your beliefs and, and observe, observe that which is, observe what is present right now, observe your breath. And as you observe, you might find that your emotions calm down, your mind quiets, and you might begin to awaken to the actual experience of that which is. And that movement of God or the soul inside of you, the experience that is coming awake inside of you without words that's beyond words, that's beyond definitions, that's beyond the mind, that is just being present with what is. Anyway, that is what I wanted to discuss today. Take some time to briefly redefine what we consider God to be and give people an opportunity to just think rather than the regular framework that everyone tends to think in of I believe or I don't believe, just let go of that. Let go of that and come into the observation of what is. So thank you for joining us this week uh, on Transcend with Nat. I hope uh, some of you at least got some value in this and that some of you can take this and let go of more belief systems so that you can have a greater experience and awakening into what is and that which is and God. Have a great week. So just a quick disclaimer that anything you heard on the show is for informational and educational purposes only. And the excerpt was from the John Roger seminar, Are You Getting Disillusioned? which is available at msia.org.